Welcome. You have entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simron. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Empower yourself. Broaden your mind. Open your heart and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simron. Hello and welcome to another edition of 1111 Talk Radio. It is a pleasure to be with you today. We are in December and 2023 is quickly approaching, which makes today's show very interesting because we are going to be talking about time and paradox and all of the things that exist in this land of opposites so that we can open up to the new and coming year with a more expanded perspective of acceptance and understanding and flow in terms of how to approach life in a more powerful way. My guest today is Patrick Paul Garlinger, and he has been on the show before with some of his other books, such as Bending Time and a World Without Identity. I'm excited to have him back because he has released a new book titled Endless Awakening, Time Paradox and the Path to Enlightenment. Patrick says in the book, there is no greater paradox for our lives than the paradox of time. In fact, the paradoxes of time and spirituality are one and the same. To move beyond the feeling of being stuck that so many seekers experience, we must develop our awareness of how our minds construct time, dividing the world into past, present, and future. Very often when confronted with this feeling of being stuck, where we cannot escape the pain of our past or the fear of a future, where we never feel healed, we may have a desire to escape this material world altogether as a way to escape the present. This is profound and relevant now more than ever because we're facing a lot of things in the world that create sense of constriction, perhaps a desire to run away, to escape, to distract ourselves, or to not feel what's going on in the moment. It is an opportunity for us to really understand why these paradoxes exist in our world and what they mean for us in terms of our human condition and the opportunity to grow in our spiritual nature. Patrick Paul Garlinger, as I said before, has written several books, and he is an award-winning author who experienced a profound spiritual awakening over a decade ago when he began to meet numerous spiritual teachers and experience higher states of consciousness. He writes to help humanity transcend the way we think about the nature of reality and the meaning of life. Some of his other books were When Thoughts Turn to Light, Seeds of Light, Channel Transmissions on the Christ Consciousness, and Bending Time, The Power to Live in the Now. He also has just released Endless Awakening, which we are going to talk about regarding time paradox and the path to enlightenment. Welcome, Patrick, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me today, Simran. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful book and uh, very much in the spirit of themes and ideas that you have written about before, but in a way that perhaps is really relevant for individuals now. We've come through some very interesting times and face yet even more interesting times. And so why write about paradox at this time? What really inspired you to focus on these particular topics? Such a great question. Um, paradox, I realized, was a thread that kind of was woven through many of the prior books without really being identified as such. 
And it was in my own, my own evolution and working with individuals that I kept seeing this tendency to kind of hold on to a position of truth, knowing in a way that often felt very rigid and was, in fact, the piece that needed to be let go of to continue to grow and evolve. And so sometimes we have certain beliefs or principles and they they guide us for a while and then we, we actually need to let go of them. And so paradox became this container, this framework for thinking about being able to hold on to mutually exclusive or contradictory things, emotions, states of being. Um, and ultimately became the way I, I now often think about what it means to be human, is to kind of live constantly in a state of paradox. It, it sounds to me, at least based on my own experience, that it is a broadening of the mind and uh, a greater opening of the heart that is able to hold the spectrums of paradox or the full expanse of duality as oneness or even lies as truth. To be able to really grasp that all of these opposites, all of these polarities that exist within a particular theme or word or experience can coexist at the same time and not have the labels of what is right or wrong, good or bad, but truly be from a sense of experience. How did you grow through this process and what did you ultimately discover about yourself in how you uh, now approach life as opposed to before really writing this book? I often find that books end up being written for ourselves and help to tweak and, and shift certain perspectives that we have so that we can then share them with the world. Yes. Um, first of all, let me say that it was that was such a beautiful and elegant summary um, of holding polarities without needing to ascribe right and wrong to them. And as to sort of what shifted in me or how I evolved, um, you know, I, like many of the people that I encounter in the spiritual world, either as community members, fellow authors, fellow intuitives, healers, or people who've come to work with me, is that we all hold on to, at a certain point, a, a kind of linear sense of of development, of like there are these this healing that's going to happen. I'm going to take the traumas from my childhood, past lives. I will heal them, and then there's some state that we're going to arrive at. And everything about my experience and all the experiences that I've had with other people and their their sharing is that that's not really an accurate depiction of what the path looks like. And so for me, it was um, really accepting all the, the pieces of me that still 
one might look at and say, those aren't healed, or I'm still healing. I'm still unearthing some aspect of my inner child, a shadow self, um, some residue of a pattern, something I've inherited, and it comes up, and it comes up in a relationship, it comes up within my emotions, all of which continues to happen even while I have some of the most life-affirming and consciousness-expanding experiences that I could ever possibly have imagined. So these things are not um, opposed. So it might feel like, and one story I could tell is like, well, I just really cannot be healed. You know, no matter how much I can connect to the light, no matter how much I can channel or how many guides can come to me, how much light I can receive, there's some piece of me that just won't ever heal. And that's a, that's a story of brokenness. And this was about accepting, no, that this is never ending. I can be both of these, holding these polarities of darkness and light all at the same time. And it was accepting all of that that was really the most liberating um, perspective. I, I have found, too, that as individuals move through the linear construct of time, which, which we'll get into next, that this journey that is evolution, healing, um, acceptance, awareness, that it's all part of the body of this human conditioning that we have come in to believe. And at the same time, it is purely experience. It is the journey of self-love. It is the awakening to one's own power and light. It is the understanding and the softness that we tend to then relax into that helps us understand and then accept all of these paradoxes. That place, though, of self-acceptance is oftentimes where many people bump up against those unhealed parts. And it is time that often is the factor that keeps people either looking back or looking forward, but never are truly present. How are these concepts so intricately tied together? Why mm. is it that time and acceptance and uh, all of these things weave in and out, and yet somehow we miss that? We miss that sliver of space to rise up and out and just allow it to be experienced for so long. Yeah, I mean, you, you've asked such a rich question, and I'll just start with the feeling that it inspires in me, which is that I, I don't have an adequate answer, right? In, in inadequacy. So that my feeling is like, wow, that is a big question. Didn't I just write a book about this? <laughs> 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 and to, to illustrate, like, we could, we could, I could start with a discussion about how our minds construct time in, in linear fashion, and yet we only experience the present moment, and yet we're all working on clock time, right? We're constantly negotiating with calendars. You and I 
had to set a date and a time for this. I mean, you just mentioned 2023. Time is this uh, crucible, sometimes I like to refer to it, or um, the frame, the tableau in which we live our lives. But I think rather than a, a sort of intellectual discussion, um, I think it's maybe a, a, a story, an anecdote would be actually more illuminating because it speaks to how all of us are still in this process. And it's a story recently of a time when I didn't realize that there was um, a particular way of looking at the world that I would, you would, if you would ask me, you know, what are your, what are the pieces of you that are still unhealed? I would not have identified this. Um, but I went on a bit of a journey where suddenly I was re reminded of two very young experiences in my life that were all around the same time when I was in grade school. And basically I think it was like in the third grade and I was really good at math. And so the, my third grade teacher decided that I should skip two levels to go to the fifth grade math class. And I remember being singled out like at a certain couple times a week or whatever to go to this math class. And so I was sort of singled out from the rest of my classmates and they didn't know why. And I, and I felt very weird about it. And then I would go to this fifth grade classroom and I would um, try to take this math class. And the fifth graders didn't thought, well, who's this little third grade pipsqueak? And I felt really uncomfortable there. And so I um, basically asked to stop doing. I wasn't doing particularly well because I couldn't pay attention. And I went back to the classroom and I thought it would sort of restore things, but it wasn't. Instead, my teacher was disappointed. I felt the sort of weirdness still from my peers. And this set up a dynamic that I did not understand actually until very recently about feeling like if I was singled out in any way, it meant that I was sort of weird and that I couldn't then really connect with people. Um, and but if I didn't embrace and perform well, then I would disappoint authority figures. And that this dynamic of feeling like not quite belonging, but always wanting approval had actually shattered me a great part of my life. But it wouldn't have seemed like a trauma. I wouldn't have identified it as something. I would never have talked about it in therapy. That relationship to time meant that in the present moment, I was constantly kind of engaging with that dynamic and it would sort of infiltrate relationships. So I didn't really want to talk about the stuff that I'm doing. There was a little bit of masking and hiding. And that was the past in the present moment that would also until identified shape the future. So that's what we're dealing with with time is that we're constantly replicating these patterns.
Pain is the call of the past. These emotions are rooted in past moments where the words and actions of someone hurt us, leaving us insecure about our place in the world. The problem is not that we experience painful emotions. It's that we don't know how to be with painful emotions. Negative emotions are transcribed as memory in our minds and as pain in the tissues of our bodies. We have vivid memories of the events in our lives that we experienced as moments of rejection, failure, loss, or trauma. The pain is wired into our bodies and minds in ways that emotionally tepid events are not, which is why you are so easily forget what you had for lunch last Tuesday, but not the withering mark from your mother when you were nine. This is from Patrick Paul Garlinger's book, Endless Awakening, Time, Paradox, and the Path to Enlightenment. I want to let you know about a special course that Patrick is launching on January the 8th. You can go to his website patrickpaulgarlinger.com and look up this course on intuition because intuition is your superpower and he's offering a four-week course on this inner guidance because you do have the answers within and you'll be able to learn what boundaries to create what decisions to make and how to trust your gut in the process i urge you to go check out all of the things that he does including all of his other books by going to patrickpaulgarlinger.com or endless awakening We'll be right back with more of Patrick Paul Garlinger right after these messages. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Do you want more, more joy, more abundance, more power and presence? How would it feel to have more loving relationships, more empowered community, greater fulfillment and life purpose? The 1111 Mastermind Community inspires, empowers, guides and supports transformation. Shift your mind, expand your heart, deepen insights, let go and chart a new course, dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 Gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. Before we get back to Endless Awakening, Time Paradox, and the Path to Enlightenment with Patrick Paul Garlinger, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by and brought to you by BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com forward slash 11. Spell out the word 11 and you will receive 10% off your first month. Navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure. Whether it's a career change, a new relationship, becoming a parent, or transitioning out of work life. There are times when it is very supportive to have a therapist that's trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient and accessible anywhere, and it's 100% online. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched so many individuals with professionally licensed and vetted therapists, and it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, match up with a therapist, and if things aren't clicking, you can even change to a new one. It couldn't be simpler. So there's no more waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. I invite you to learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash 11. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash 11 and spell out the word 11. They have so many individuals that are signing up for their brand of therapy that they are also looking for therapists in all 50 states. So go to their website, check out what they do and read the testimonials. I also want to mention that my first two books of uh, the self-realization trilogy are out now. Uh, They're available for you to pick up and to read individually or to read across the books. This is a very unique set of books that is designed to help you truly understand the uh, the grid work, the multidimensionality, and the path of being human in things that we all encounter, and how all of those different multidimensional pieces are active at the same time. The third book will release in February, and it is Knowing the Seven Human Expressions of Grace. Right now, you can pick up Living the Seven Human Blessings of Experience and Being the Seven Illusions that Derail Personal Power, Purpose, and Peace. I hope you will, and you can click the banner at the top of the show page to find out more. My guest today is Patrick Paul Garlinger, and he has written a new book called Endless Awakening, Time Paradox and the Path to Enlightenment. It is an opportunity to awaken spiritually to areas you still feel stuck and to understand that you're not alone, to also find the answers that lay in the paradoxes of time. Because when you let go of the idea that you're on a journey, you arrive at your destination. When you accept that your journey never ends, you fully awaken and find the peace that eludes you. Go to his website at endlessawakening.com or also patrickpaulgarlinger.com and check out his new intuition course, which starts in January. He has filled it up with a whole lot of goodies, so I invite you to take a look at that and learn how to listen to your gut in four weeks. You can learn how to overcome major blocks, uh, numerous techniques for strengthening your connection to your intuition, your four main psychic faculties, and how to rely on that intuition to make 
important decisions. What better way to get started with deepening into yourself in 2023? Freedom is not found when you are somehow free of pain, but rather when you are free of suffering. That is one of the favorite lines in this new book that Patrick has created, and that's where I want to start, Patrick, because so often we look at uh, so many of the things that come up, the stories, the uh, experiences that we've had, and we are taken back, kind of like you just expressed with one of the experiences that you had in your own childhood. And yet I've noticed, especially in the last few months and after having done the work that I talk about through my trilogy, that there is this visceral quality of my body now that there are things that bubble up. And I've come to realize that from childhood forward, we get really wound up and that there comes a time where we start to unwind. And part of that is a process of thinking we need to heal, uh, trying to really in, in sometimes an almost violent way, dig into finding what the reason is or what needs to heal or what the cause is and trying to really excavate all of those things to then move to a place where we begin to accept that story and open up to it and learn that we've not really been very loving to ourselves. And so self-love deepens to this place of neutrality where things can rise up and all of a sudden there's awareness and understanding that rises from it. And so when you wrote the line, freedom is found not when you're somehow free of pain, but rather when you are free of suffering, I thought that was a beautiful place to go into and discuss the distinctions of pain and suffering and the paradox of them both existing at the same time and being okay with them. Yes, um, and thank you. That was such a, a beautiful um summary of of that that conundrum of, of being wound up and needing to be un, uh, unwind ourselves and there is a process and sometimes we can enter that process kicking and screaming um resisting it and that itself is a form of suffering so for me and i, I don't think this is a particularly novel insight but we all experience pain and we tend to run away from it. We, we don't want to feel pain. Uh, it's a very human tendency to avoid our pain. And, and then that's what creates suffering. Um, and when we're in the paradox of sort of the spiritual journey where we still have this kind of sense of time of like, I'm doing all of this work, I'm doing these practices whatever your practices may be, that you won't experience this pain anymore, or you'll feel like, oh, I did heal that. And then something bubbles up, as you say, you know, something bubbles up and you're like, oh, this piece. And that self-acceptance of accepting not only that that piece of you is still there, that you hadn't yet touched it, or You've touched it many times and it still needs to be held lovingly and holding your present moment experience, which may be like, oh, really? Still? I'm still dealing with this? I really thought that I had like worked through that. And then you find it again. All of that of being able to sort of hold that 
until you do reach a place of of neutrality, of this kind of loving acceptance of, oh, there's that emotion again. There's that feeling. Oh, look at that thought process. Or just some part of your life that you had not yet examined, like the part that I mentioned in the story. I've got countless stories. I'm just like, oh, look at that. And we we may feel that pain of that prior moment, but we don't suffer when we can hold that past emotion that's percolating in the present and our experience of like going through this again and again quite quite gently, quite softly. You know, I have seen more and more from my own life that we really do create our reality, that it is such a subtle intimate, very nuanced experience in which that truth has unfolded for me. You may or may not create our reality. Our listeners may or may not create our reality. But so often it is the very beliefs that that start to bubble up that take us back to those moments. Where do you place reality creation in these concepts of time, paradox, and enlightenment? What a great question. So I do agree that we create our own reality. We have our concepts, our beliefs, our thoughts. Everything that we're perceiving is our experience of reality. And therefore, for us, is that is what we're creating. And at the same time, there is co-creation. My perception is all that I can experience, but it is not all that is. There's the creations of everybody else that are contributing to our collective world, our collective consciousness, Um, and experiences that I never anticipated or asked for that might be seen as the movements of the soul, um, you know, sort of moving me along in in evolution. But my reaction to all of it, my interpretation of it, all that still comes back to me as kind of the final arbiter of meaning. Um, And so when it comes to you know sort of creating our reality i i do still bring in the the sort of um yes and approach of the book of yes i am creating the reality there are stories and there's also parts of the world that i have not yet experienced haven't yet perceived um sort of beyond the form that we see so i hold both a sort of the paradox of I'm creating the reality and reality is also being created by others, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I think as as individuals do move along their personal growth and spiritual path, it's so easy to fall into language and become casual with it, become... uh, unconscious to our use of it, to use words simply because they're fashionable or they seem to be the words of the time. And in spirituality in particular, there are so many words that are thrown around like oneness or light or truth. 
uh, all these different types of things that due to being human and our own experiences, we interpret them in very different ways. But there's a general meaning that is projected out by the use of them. Talk a little bit about your viewpoint in regards to language and the use of words. We'll talk about it in the spiritual sense, but it could really apply to any area of life or any type of uh, industry or category as well in regard to words that are loosely used over and over again. Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. I think the the place that I kind of want to enter because you've raised the issue of kind of spiritual vocabulary, oneness, light, ascension, I could throw in words like alchemy, that become kind of um, the common vocabulary, a certain lingo that indicates um, you're participating in a certain realm. And then we could talk about words uh, that we use to um identify ourselves right categories of identity man woman racial categories sexual orientation etc um roles that we play mother father and without flattening all the distinctions what i would say first for all of them is that there is this sense that we we receive these words right and we inherit them somebody else has used them Somebody in some cases has repurposed them, like a word like alchemy, or made them very um, current, like sovereignty. And we we have an understanding of them, a meaning, and then we use them in our lives. Yet we each kind of have our own relationship to those words, especially words of identity. What, you know, if I use certain words to describe myself, I have my own lived experience of that word, what I think that word means. You have a different understanding of those words based on your experiences. So in, in that sense, we're always kind of, in a way, speaking to each other with language that is always prone to some uh, potential misinterpretation, or we have slightly different understanding of what those mean. And that can create conflict, that can create confusion. Um, I have more to say on what that might mean for spiritual vocabulary, So, but I wanted to, to pause and let you respond to that in case I had taken your question in a slightly different direction than you were wanting to go. Uh, no, I think that, you know, assisting individuals in understanding the paradoxical language of words in and of itself, to have that awareness that uh, a word can appear to mean one thing, and yet if the mind is broadened and the heart is opened, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the the what falls beneath the umbrella of that word encompasses so much more. And I believe that that's where we are in this particular time, especially with the divisiveness that can be seen or the polarities of reaction that we uh, uncover because because oftentimes one polarity will have us go to the other extreme and I think that we are to bridge uh, bridge the two extremes by finding that they actually rest underneath one thing altogether. 
Right. And so uh, I think what the example that comes to mind that I think kind of captures that sense around language and the way that meaning can be layered, um, received differently, um, is the word woke, which came from the word awake, mm-hmm. right? used to uh, initially to suggest that, you know, there were certain sort of broader concepts around how we created ourselves um, and how there are sort of systemic imbalances that on a collective level that we we have manufactured uh, our world. If you, as you mentioned before, you know, we're all creating our world and then collectively we've created the world that we're in with a great deal of divisiveness and polarity. And that word was initially taken up to sort of cast a light on certain imbalances. And then that word was received as an attack and then was now, and then then in certain circles was taken up as a pejorative. And so that's an example without getting into too many specifics of a word that had one very important meaning of attempting to sort of suggest an illumination of social structures and then became almost an insult or a way to sort of say, you know, oh, that's woke. That's something. And 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 how people receive that word now varies according to your history with it. Developing your capacity to feel discomfort, to overcome your resistance and stay with negative feelings is one of the most important steps on a spiritual path. Your goal here is not to feel comfortable. The lesson is paradoxically to become comfortable with feeling discomfort. Meeting your emotions with openness, love, and compassion can often allow them to resolve on their own, holding them lovingly without a secret desire for them to leave, and they leave on their own. Tell them to leave, and they hide, only to return later like an unwanted house guest or pesky sibling. This is, in essence, the practice of meditation. This is from Patrick Paul Garlinger's book, Endless Awakening, Time Paradox and the Path to Enlightenment. You can find out more about Patrick at EndlessAwakening.com or you can go to PatrickPaulGarlinger.com. While there, you might want to also look up some of his other books, When Thoughts Turn to Light, Seeds of Light, Channel Transmissions on Christ Consciousness, and also Bending Time, The Power to Live in the Now. There's a another book called A World Without Identity, The Sacred Task of Uniting Humanity. Find out more about everything that Patrick is doing, including his new intuition course that starts in January, by going to patrickpaulgarlinger.com. We'll be right back after these messages with more Endless Awakening. want more more joy more abundance more power and presence how would it feel to have more loving relationships more empowered community greater fulfillment and life purpose the 1111 mastermind community inspires empowers guides and supports transformation shift your mind expand your heart 
deepen insights. Let go and chart a new course. Dream a new dream. The 1111 Mastermind Community is an online portal for personal transformation and soulful expansion. Go to courses.1111mag.com. That's courses.1111mag.com. Change begins with you. Let it be simple, convenient, and transformative. The time is now. Step through the 1111 gateway. Courses.1111mag.com. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. Simron is an award-winning author, publisher of 1111 Magazine, powerful speaker of wisdom, and a life mentor. Find out more at IamSimron.com. Now, back to 1111 Talk Radio. I am with Patrick Paul Garlinger, who is an award-winning author and intuitive and the author of the latest release, Endless Awakening. Find out more at his website, EndlessAwakening.com or PatrickPaulGarlinger.com. Forgiveness requires that we understand that the other person's wound has contributed to our pain. Yet it also reminds us that we often know very little about the pain that others carry around in them. That is a statement that is worth contemplating for quite a long time, especially in the world that we live in today and all of the emotion and reactivity that sits in the air. I want to go back to where we were with the last segment, Patrick, uh, in regard to language uh, and how judgment plays such a role in our world in terms of uh, looking at other people, other things, uh, what others are doing, how the world operates. Judgment seems to be this other framework that that we unconsciously stand in uh, and sometimes consciously stand in to project a lot out onto the world about our opinions, about um, what we think, how we feel, and to exert the identities that we that we hold. When it comes to time, paradox, and enlightenment, speak a little bit to the role that judgment plays in the process of our world right now and also in the process of awakening to self. Mm. Oh, well, do you have another hour? Because that's a great question. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
judgment. I mean, it, it really is the kind of framework to use the word that you use, which is a perfect one for how we relate when we're not centered in ourself, uh, self, maybe with a capital S there, of uh, looking at the world and, you know, sort of saying that's right, that's wrong, that shouldn't be, that should be. And we see it all the time from everything from sort of our interpersonal reactions, our conflict with people, you shouldn't have said that to me, oh, what you're doing is wrong, to sort of the larger kind of social and political um, skirmishes around identity and what people can do with their bodies and what this party is doing to that political party. And judgment definitely comes from a place of, you know, right and wrong. There should be one thing, there should be another. And, and it's difficult to balance, right? This is where uh, there's a great paradox. We can see somebody doing some harm to somebody else or acting out of their wound, uh, demeaning another person, spewing hatred, et cetera. And we could say, that's wrong. We can judge it. Or we can use as a kind of discernment and recognize that's not speaking from a connection to self with a capital S. That is not somebody acting out from their heart. Now, how do I respond to that? In other words, we can judge the world and with that comes a certain condemnation. And that's why I think there's an actually really interesting connection to the, the quote on forgiveness that you mentioned, which is I can look at somebody and say, what they're doing is harming somebody. And I can look for where the wound is that's driving that. And then the question becomes, how do I respond to that without essentially repeating the wound? Um, and what we see broadly is that people act from a place of judgment and then they feel judged and then they respond with judgment and not discernment. And every once in a while you see glimmers, glimpses of an awareness that maybe we need to understand this group of people that we're attacking to realize that there's more commonality than we believe and where is this behavior coming from that we've we've initially just judged as being wrong or bad. I think that the the ultimate paradox is is often the self. You know, it is is who we are and uh, I, I compare you human beings to being these spools of thread because we're so tightly wound and there's so much in there and it's so beautifully compact and yet if that spool of thread were to unwind, you would really see the full mess of of what we are composed of and the bare nakedness of what really held us in its strength. And so when I look at judgment and have really deepened into the violence that judgment holds, the the pure violence in even the thought or the infliction that it spreads energetically in our world it has helped me to go really deeply down and see that that judgment 
really stems from comparison. Mm. And that comparison in itself is that extreme violence to the self. It is the, uh, the cutting down of, of who oneself is and the inability to face that degree of, of unworthiness and shame that we have to lash out to right. others in, in the judgments that we have. And it is that kind of uh, deep introspection that oftentimes there's not time for. Um, mm. that, that we live in this really busy world where uh, there's no space given to the things that could truly create value, but instead we focus in on the things that we call valuable that are so temporal that, that just really, really, you know, only bring that sense of satisfaction in very small ways before once again there's, there's the emptiness. And so when we look at time paradox and enlightenment, there's this filling and emptying that has to happen as part of not only the human condition, but within the spiritual essence of what we came to experience in form. Talk a little bit about personal growth, spiritual growth, awakening from that sense of filling and emptying, filling and emptying to really get to the place of essence and intuition and clear, mm. uh, clear purity that yeah. we are. Yes. So it following from what you described as sort of your internal path through judgments and reaching that state where you could see that there was comparison. You know, when, when, when we all do that, we find that, you know, there's some, some sense there. Like you, you referenced shame. Others might reference safety. Some might reference fear of death. You know, sort of internally, there's something driving that. And it takes time. That is one of the paradoxes, is it takes time. And we live in a world where, yes, everything is moving very briskly. We want everything, uh, instant gratification. Um, our attention spans have dwindled as we become trained to scroll through social media, uh, watching faster and faster clips of videos. It takes time to go deep within and look at the self. And there, for me, it is sort of, in its essence, it's taking time to touch the timeless part of ourself. And along the way, we're going to meet all of these pieces of our past, recognizing that there's this deep-seated belief or history around comparison or safety, not feeling loved. Whatever our experiences early on that created the kind of lens through which we look at the world. And so we, as we go through this process, there is, there is a kind of diving deep, deep, deep within to a place where there is a place beyond words, beyond the language, beyond our memory. And when we meet that, we can then fill with a certain kind of love and compassion, and we can feel 
that sense of self beyond our identity, beyond our personality, beyond all the things that we use to kind of navigate uh, duality, material world. And for me, the path has always been this kind of back and forth between unbelievable heights and um, depths of brightness, bliss, love, and compassion, and some of the darkest shadows that I could ever have imagined for myself. And that back and forth is, in essence, the process. That really is all we do. We dive in, we empty, something else comes up, we meet it with love. That, for me, has been the process. And we have just a couple of minutes left in the show, but I want to finalize it by bringing in the concept of ego and where ego sits amidst this space of paradox. How do we navigate that? What is the journey of ego, ultimately, that we are to bring to resolution through this time capsule that we're in, Mm -hmm. through this paradoxical framework that we have, and in the ultimate quest of enlightenment? Right. So, you know, ego gets a pretty bad rap in the spiritual world and for good reason. I mean, you know, there's a lot of us acting out our wounds, which we describe as ego. But and and along the way, we might experience moments of ego dissolution, moments of letting go of the self. And sometimes that then becomes a goal that people are constantly seeking. But in the experiences I've had of ego dissolution and coming back, the ego itself is also an incredible gift. It's a beautiful thing to be able to have a sense of self and that identity and connect with others and experience difference. In that sense, experiencing separation is wonderful. It's the experience that the soul gets to have through us. And so, ultimately, for me, the healing is coming to sort of see the ego as one way of experiencing life, this world. And sometimes that ego is going to act in like very painful ways, but other times that ego is going to act very lovingly. Um, it's going to experience time. It's going to have memory. Those things are actually quite beautiful. And so ultimately, the growth is sort of paradoxically accepting that we have an ego. Some of it might be wounded. Some of A lot of it might be wounded. We have a soul. We have this divine self beyond all words and language. We're all of it. And it's not getting from ego to enlightenment or bliss or whatever it is that we call it. I don't, in a way that word doesn't even have much meaning for me before, which is one of the ironies of the book's title. 
Thank you, Patrick. We have run out of time, and I have to close out the show. Once you've strengthened this connection with your own divine guidance, then you can open to each moment of the unknown with belief rooted in trust that life is leading you always to growth, opportunity, and flourishing. When you let go and allow yourself to be carried, life can sometimes feel like a roller coaster. You know that you're held in place, strapped in tight, and yet the twists and turns can still be exhilarating. That is how you start co-creating with your soul, by allowing yourself to be led. This is from Patrick Paul Garlinger's book, Endless Awakening, Time, Paradox, and the Path to Enlightenment. To know more, find out uh, everything that Patrick is doing by going to patrickpaulgarlinger.com for his intuition course and other books, or go to endlessawakening.com specifically for this book. Thanks again, Patrick, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. Until next week, I am Simran. In love, of love, with love, and as love. Be well. Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality, your heart to greater compassion, and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey. You are the journey.